pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we praise your holy name. Thank you so much, Lord, for your wonderful presence, your spirit being here with us, Lord, allowing us to praise and to worship you. Lord, I want to pray for each family, each person who is able to come and give their tithing offering to you as an act of worship. I want to pray blessings upon them and their families. But I want to pray for each person here today, Lord, they'll completely, Lord, die to their will, die to themselves, and open up, Lord, their spiritual ears and eyes they can see and hear and understand, Lord, your word. I pray for myself, Lord, that I completely die to my will and to, my, and to myself, and I pray, Lord, for an unlimited portion of your anointing power, your spirit to flow through me and upon me to allow the word to flow here this morning. If there's someone here that needs to be born again, or healed, or set free, or delivered from anything, Lord, let them accept you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Um, this message today we're getting ready to, to talk about is a message that is very uh, misunderstood. There uh, have been a lot of um, conflict over the years with this message, a lot of misteaching, misunderstanding about this message. Uh, so I want to make sure that I give you what the Bible has to say. Amen. It's important that we see this because um, people get confused about this subject. Um, when and what is the Sabbath day and how does this affect you? You need to understand this subject. Okay. So first of all, let me start off by saying this. If you look next to you in the pew, we have all the scriptures for you to bring with you. We'll have them on the screen as well. We have some more in the back. I do that for a reason. I want you to make sure you have them with you and catch somebody ask you questions that you can show them what the Bible really has to say about it. Amen? So, with saying that, let me start off by saying this right here. Today is Sunday. It is not the Sabbath day. So if you have been taught your whole life that Sunday is the Sabbath day, then you have been lied to. That is not in the Bible nowhere at all scripturally. Now, I grew up that way too, and, that's, and I'm going to make it very clear to you why it's not biblical. Um, Sunday is no more um, the Sabbath day as much as the Gentiles did not replace Israel, the Jews, and the church. That's not biblical either. In other words, all these things we hear through generation from generations, we hear them, we put them into our churches, and we sit here and think that it's a, a wonderful thing. But guess who all this garbage came from again? How many can guess? The Catholic Church. The Pope is the one who brought all this stuff, as they do most everything, into our cultures, into our world system, and the Baptists and the Methodists and the Church of God and all the Pentecostals, everybody takes on this stuff into our churches in one form or another. Just like today, you've got everybody out here doing what? Celebrating Easter. How many here knows Easter is not from God? How many here knows it's not even in Scripture? Okay, it's not biblical at all. But the world embraces it. It shouldn't be really hard when you see every commercial and every news media and everybody embracing something. If they're embracing it, it's not going to be about God, I can tell you. If it's about God, they're going to try to take it out of. When your schools and have Easter eggs and Easter egg hunts and all these things, yeah, 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 yeah. How's that got to do anything with God? No, it don't. This is not the morning he resurrected. I promise you that. I've already taught on that for the last three weeks. But this is where this kind of garbage comes from. If you go back and do your own research, what you'll find is, is that Constantine, uh, he so-called changed the Sabbath day on March the 7th, 
321 A.D. And they call it a Christian Sabbath. Okay? No such thing as a Christian Sabbath. No such thing. The Pope don't have that kind of authority. He says he does. He tries to take the place of the Holy Ghost and literally says, you got to listen to what I say. No, I don't. I don't worship Mary. I don't worship the Pope. And they can't get you to heaven. Sorry. Okay? So don't sit here and tell me that today has been changed to the Sabbath day. And we Christians must follow that. I don't think so. My Christianity is not based off Catholicism. Christianity is not, listen to me, Catholicism and Christianity is not the same thing. Now because the world says it is, the Bible says it's not. Understand how important that is. So I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to get you to understand this. Don't fall for, because I'm telling you guys, listen, when I, when, years ago when I was in the Baptist church preaching as a pastor, oh my God, if you walked in on Sunday wearing a pair of shorts, oh my God, you're going to go to hell. If you're out here cutting grass on Sunday, oh my God, the whole world's going to come apart. But why? Because you've been brainwashed into thinking that Sunday somehow is a holy day of the Sabbath and you've got to do certain things on that day. It was so bad even back when I was a kid, they had the blue law. How I many remember, remember the blue law? The blue law was you close everything down on Sunday. All the restaurants closed, grocery stores closed. Why? Because we were brainwashed into thinking that Sunday is the Sabbath day. Show it to me in Scripture. It's not there. It's not there. But we've been brainwashed into thinking that. And I want to show what the Bible really has to say. Amen? Because you need to know what the Sabbath even means. Okay? Now, we're saying that. Let me kind of tell you some other things that happened. Uh, uh, Tony's mom had texted me on, was it Friday night? I think it was Friday night. Friday it was Friday night, uh, and then Gary also texted me at the same time and said, "Hey, are you watching TBN?" I said, "No, I don't usually watch all this stuff on TV a whole lot. He don't either, but every now and then I do." So I turned it over to TBN, and I was just like, "Oh God!" And most people can't stomach that kind of stuff. I, and I did it on purpose. I said, "God, just give me strength." And I watched the whole hour of this garbage about Easter of how it originated. And I was sitting here watching this stuff thinking, oh my God, how many people are being brainwashed again by TBN, by the Catholic Church, because they sit here and would not go back to the original, Google the orders of Easter if you don't believe me, go back to the original where it come from, but they only go back to the 16, 17, 1800s and bring out Germany and all this kind of stuff. Now they'll show pictures of the pagan gods, they'll show pictures of the cross bun cakes, they'll show pictures of this store, they'll show pictures, but they would never talk about what or what it was. They were literally taking spinning Easter as a wonderful, holy, good thing which is not in the Bible at all. And I had enough of it. So I picked up the phone and I called. And, I, and I, this woman answered the phone. And she says, can I, can I, can I pray with you? I said, no, ma'am, you cannot. I says, I know this has got nothing to do with you, but I says, this is ridiculous. I says, a Christian, I'm a pastor. I said, I'm watching this garbage that y'all put out here on TV. I said, I want to talk to somebody about that because this is of the devil. This is God. You're brainwashing people. I said, someone's going to have to answer to God for this. Because this is not from the Bible at all. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I started telling her. She says, well, I've never heard what you're saying. I started saying, Tammuz in the Bible is the one who died on Good Friday. Tammuz was killed by a, war, a wild boar. That's where you get the Easter hams from. Tammuz is the one who resurrected on Sunday, pagan story. Had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. 
And I said, the Catholics put that story of Jesus in there, and that's not what the Bible says. She says, well, I can show it to you. I said, just show it to me. She, oh, 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 she can't show it to me. I said, let me tell you what the Bible really says. And I started showing her in Scripture about the Passover and about unleavened bread and about the Feast of first fruits. And she was like, now who would you say this was again? And she starts writing all this stuff down. Well, her boss gets on the phone and immediately and hangs up on me. Okay, TB hangs up because I'm teaching her something. So then I go and email the people about the same thing, and it's been dead silent. Okay, but, but the point I'm making is, is that when are we going to sit here and quit being brainwashed by the world system and call it, because most pastors who I know knows what I'm saying is true, but we're not going to dare say it because folks might get mad at me, so we're going to call it Resurrection Day. It's not Resurrection Day. He did not resurrect this morning. That's not biblical in the Bible either. So I'm just trying to show you what the Bible really says. I'm a Christian. Yes, I believe in his death, the burial, and the resurrection, but it wasn't the way the world says it. I mean, it's crazy to watch this kind of stuff, including the Sabbath day. I want you to see the Bible, what the Bible has to say about it. So sorry, Catholics, and sorry, world. Sunday, wear your shorts and cut grass if you want to. This is not the Sabbath day. Has nothing to do with God at all. This is this what 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 day is this? It's called the Lord's Day. It is the first day of the week. It is not the seventh day. The Bible says the Sabbath is the seventh day. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture, and it has never changed. Period. The Pope has no authority to change that. So if you have been brainwashed into thinking that Sunday is holy somehow, the Sabbath day, you've been lied to by Satan because it's what Satan always does. He takes our calendars, he takes our holy days, he takes everything that's biblical and flips them on his head upside down so you're worshiping on the wrong days, you're, 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 you're thinking about everything backwards of what God says. That's what he does to get you off of God's timing. Y'all seen this, anybody? Now, we're saying that, let's go back to the, to, to the very beginning. Go to Genesis chapter 2. I'm going to show you the foundation scriptures here, and we're going to build on this. Because I promise you, God has a reason for everything he does. Amen? Y'all ready for this? Okay, here we go. Genesis 2. And go to verses 2 and 3. And look what it says. And on the seventh day, not the first day, God ended his work which he had made. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all of his work which God had created and made. Now how many here knows that God was completely wore out and tired? Do you believe that? No. God don't get tired. That's not why he quote rested so what's the purpose of why he created everything in six days and on the seventh day he sanctifies a day and he quote rested. What does that word mean? See, in your minds you're thinking it means man, I'm physically been working all day long. I'm tired. I got to sit and rest. That's not what it means. Okay? So I want you to see this. There's more to this understanding and God, it's amazing how God uses this and quotes it and then he goes silent for hundreds of years. And then you'll see him pick it back up again in the Old Testament with Moses to start bringing it into fruition upon the earth. And then now the day we live in, you're going to see where it's been fulfilled. I want you to see this biblically of what it's talking about. 
So go ahead right now, get it in your minds to make sure you understand this. Sunday, first day of the week, is not the Sabbath day. How many here believes that? Understands that? So it's the seventh day. Now, let's carry it deeper. Let's look at what the Bible says. Go to Exodus 20. Exodus 20. And as you're turning there, let me make sure you understand this. Again, y'all know for the last three weeks, when does God's timing start? Remember, from Genesis until now, God's timing has never stopped. God's days does not start on a Gregorian Catholic calendar. It starts on his biblical Hebrew calendar he created. So God goes from evening until evening is one day with God. It's not the morning time. As I showed you the last two weeks, there's not 24 hours in a day. There's 12 hours in a day. The Bible says there's 12 hours in a day, and there's 12 hours or, night, or watches in the nighttime. So you get 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of evening or nighttime. And he calls one of them watches and he calls one of them hours. Does that make any sense? And he starts it off in the evening and then it goes all during the, uh, the nighttime until the, until the next morning. And that starts the hours and he goes all the way up until 6 p.m. the next day. Does that make any sense? So biblically, God's Sabbath day, that's why the Jews keep this, is on Friday afternoon, that afternoon at sunset, all the way until Saturday at sunset. So you're sitting here today on Sunday, the first day of the week. Amen? When did this day start? And what when you get up this morning? It started last night at 6, 6 p.m., 6.01 when it was sunset, around that time. Okay? That's when the first day of the week started. You're just coming in here today because you had to get some rest last night, and you had to get up this morning when you can see, and you come in and you have worship with God. Does it make any sense? But this is the first day of the week. So let's carry that and look in Scripture. The Bible speaks for itself. Look at Exodus 20 and look at verses 8 through 11. Let's see who he's talking to here and the purpose of this. Amen? Now watch what it says. Look in verses 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Now watch this. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and thou shalt do, do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughters, nor thy manservants, or the maidservants, nor thy cattle, nor any stranger or, or that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heavens. Now watch what it does here. It's bringing you back to Genesis on purpose. Watch what it says. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day, and he hallowed it. Again, what is the point? Our goal was to figure out why God rested on the seventh day and why he made it holy. What's the point of that? Okay, that's the whole point of this. So now, from Adam and Eve, who did not uh, have this, God spoke it, but you never find nowhere in Scripture where Adam and Eve, all the way until right here, you're not going to find anybody being ordained or, or given a command to do what Moses had to do. I want you to watch this. It's important. You'll see in Moses' time, he brings this back up for a reason because I'm trying to show you here there's a more deeper meaning in Genesis than just something we can do physically. It's a spiritual thing. So let's carry it deeper. Now watch this. Um, go to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Chapter 5. Again, he, he starts off with, here's why this is important. How many here knows this right here? There's a lot of folks out who thinks that the Sabbath day, which is a Sabbath day, is binding. 
from the beginning of creation all the way to the end. That's not what the Bible says. Okay? It's binding upon every human being because God said it in Genesis. That's not what the Bible teaches, though. Now, I'm not putting it down. I'm all for the Sabbath. Y'all, I, believe me, I'm, I'm, trying, I'm teaching it to you. But from Adam and Eve all the way through until Moses, it was not that way. Now, I'm going to prove it to you. Watch, look, at, look at Deuteronomy 5, verses 1 through 3. He made a covenant here. Now, watch this. And Moses called all of who? Now, where did Israel come from? From Adam and Eve, you bring it all the way through Noah, all the way up. No, which is important. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How many realizes there was no Israel, there was no Hebrew people upon the face of the planet ever until now? In other words, that's not how it worked. In other words, Abraham's daddy was pagan. How many knows that? Okay. There was no holy people. There was nothing. It was just people. <laughs> and we all was under sin. Until God said, I'm going to call you out, Abraham. I'm going to call you out of a pagan nation. His daddy was pagan. There's nothing special about you. You're just like everybody else. You're born to sin nature. He takes Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He makes this covenant. God makes the covenant. Why? He's getting ready to bring out Genesis 2 here the Sabbath day, he's fixed to fulfill that along with the laws. How many here knows that in the Ten Commandments, the Sabbath day is part of the Ten Commandments? How many understands to where all nine of those commandments have been put into the new covenant, into the new law of Christ, but yet this, this one here, the fourth, I think it's the fourth one, has been fulfilled? I want you to see how important this is. Because through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he creates Israel, a nation, a new people, so he could bring up this very Sabbath day, to bring up the very laws, and he has a purpose behind it. Look what it says here again in Deuteronomy. And Moses called Israel, and he said unto the, to, 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 to them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and the judgments, this is the law, which I speak in your ears this day, that you may learn them and keep them and do them. The Lord our God made a covenant with us in Horeb. The watch. The Lord made not this covenant with our fathers, but with us, even us, who are all of us here alive this day. So that very day that they're sitting here getting this from Almighty God is when God now reinstates the Sabbath that he started from Genesis from the, from the very beginning. Does that make any sense? That's what it says. It's just not to the fathers, but to us here this day. These Ten Commandments, along with the Sabbath day, I'm bringing it to you for a purpose. Is it make sense so far? I'm trying to bring us out to you in Scripture to show you that there's a reason why here. Now go to Exodus chapter 31. Exodus 31. God has a purpose for everything he does. Amen? You have a choice you got to do, church. <laughs> you must listen to what God says or what the Catholic Church has to say. The Catholic Church says today is the Sabbath day. God says no, the seventh day is the Sabbath day. Who are you going to listen to? God of the world. But now come on, Greg. There's no come on, Greg, to it. Okay, there's, you can't sit here and spin it any other way. God's word so far, we sing this, is the seventh day. God has a purpose behind this. So now look at Exodus 31. Now watch this. This is very interesting. I promise you this is going to get very deep here in just a minute. Verses 12. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, watch my Sabbaths you shall keep. Now watch. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. So what was a, what's the purpose of the Sabbath? God starts it off in Genesis. He has a spiritual purpose that will be fulfilled through Christ. Here he opens it back up and he says, it is for a purpose for you guys as a what? As a sign. Now watch what he says here. That you may know that I am the Lord that God that do sanctify you. Read verses 13 again. Speak thou to the children of Israel, saying, Verily uh, uh, my Sabbath, you shall keep it, for it is a sign between me and you and through your generations that you may uh, know that I am the Lord thy God that do sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath. Now watch this. Therefore, for it is holy unto you, everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, and your soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days, he says, you may work to be done, as it was in Genesis, now watch. But in the seventh, it is a Sabbath of rest. All on the word rest. Rest, 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 rest. This is important, okay? I'm going to show you why in just a minute. Holy to the Lord, whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall be surely put to death. Whosoever the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and who? The children of Israel. For how long? Forever. For, now this is important to see this. Forever. Ever. This is national Israel. And the children of Israel forever. In the six days the Lord made heaven and earth and on the seventh day he rested and he was refreshed. Again, was God tired? No. He's doing this for a purpose. I'm going to show it to you in just one minute. Watch, verses 18. And he gave unto Moses when he had made an end of the communing with him upon Mount Sinai two tablets of testimony, tablets of stone written with his finger of God. So here says God lining this out the Ten Commandments, he gave it to Israel. There's a purpose behind it. Now, how many so far can see in under the law, under the Ten Commandments, how this is so far tied back to Genesis when God Almighty created the six days and rest on the seventh? And if God's not tired, then what's the point of it? Now, watch. I want you to see this. I'm trying to build up and show you something here, okay? This sign was between who? God and Israel. God and Israel. And I keep saying this for a reason because how many of you quote Gentiles who are not Israelites, who are not born a Jew naturally, how many, how many understands to where if you accept the Catholic gospel, the, the, the worldly way it is not the true gospel of the Bible. The true gospel of the Bible goes back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, hallelujah, and that's what's been fulfilled, the Bible says. The gospel was preached to who first? It was preached to Abraham, the Bible says. And I share with you many a times, I said, when I was a kid, I said, God, how in the world can the gospel be preached to Abraham and he's before Jesus Christ? Ding, 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 ding. 
See, what's wrong is you've been lied to. What we're preaching today is not the gospel, but the fulfillment of the gospel. The gospel goes back to Genesis 12, 1 through 3, the Bible says, to where he creates a new people, a new nation, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and does this for a reason to make a covenant so he could bring his son, Christ, to come here and take on flesh and the word become flesh to walk among us because without that covenant that God created a new people, Christ could not come. Christ could not be pagan. He could not be born as a pagan. You understand that? Christ had to take on under God's covenant that he's created going back to Genesis and is talking here about the Sabbath. Why? Now watch you say, I don't understand that. I'll finish show it to you. I want you to see biblically what it's talking about. Um, is, is anybody seeing this? This is so important you see because your gospel is based off of this. Your salvation is based off of this. Because Jacob's name was changed to who? Israel. That's how God brought, brought in the gospel. But he starts off by giving it here to Israel and brings out on purpose about the Sabbath day. Now watch. Go over to uh, Deuteronomy, um, you know, Deuteronomy chapter 5. Let's just see something here. Now, I'm always bringing out to you on purpose types and shadows. How many knows what a type and shadow is? Okay, type and shadow is this right here. The story that I share with you about Abraham. How many know that's a type and shadow of Jesus Christ? In other words, Abram, again, who don't know this, natural, old man, just like we all get old, we understand, because his daddy was a pagan. Okay, he's a natural human being. And all of a sudden, his wife now can't have any kids. She's too old. But at, at this point, he still can. So she, by law, gives him her slave, her handmaiden out of Egypt. That's called Hagar. And he says, here, husband, be with my handmaiden so I can have a child that's not really mine, but I own it. Okay? So that's what he does. And a, and a child's name is what? Ishmael. That's the Palestinian, the Muslim line you see out here today. Okay? Now watch. That is not a covenant. That's got nothing to do with God. That's why I don't hate Muslims, but they do not serve the same God that I serve. I'm sorry. That's not biblical. You cannot put us in the same lump and say, we're in the same boat together. No, we're not. Here's why. That was Abram and that was Sarai. Now watch. God says, now I've created all of this and I have a, have a Sabbath day. So what am I going to do? This is all type and shadow. I'm going to take and change your name from Abram to Abraham and Sarah to Sarah and put the ha in their names. The ha is God's spiritual glory. When you're too old to have a baby and you're too old to carry a baby is when I'll move. And God moves spiritually through and it comes out. That's a spiritual type and shadow. And the Bible says now you have Abraham, not Ishmael, but who? Isaac and Jacob, that's God's spiritual way of bringing in Israel. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, his name was changed to Israel, creates a new nation, new people, so his son Christ could later on be born to save the whole world system. Does that make any sense? Now that's important to know this because of what you're getting ready to read now. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 5. Now watch. And look at verses 12. Excuse me, yeah, verses 12 through 15. 
Now watch this. Again, I'm just showing you scriptures. It says, keep the Sabbath day and sanctify it as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. How many here believes that? Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou nor thy son, now thy daughter, nor thy manservants, uh, now thy maidservants, now thy ox, nor ass of any of the cattle, nor the stranger that is within the gates. Thy servants may, manservants be rest as well as thou. Remember thou was a servant in the land of Egypt. This is the world system. Now watch. And that the Lord thy God brought thee out of, uh, through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath. So why did God make them keep the Sabbath? To remember he brought them out of Egypt. Let me ask you a question, church. Have you been brought out of Egypt? Again, this is a type and shadow that physically happened. Okay? Just like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's a type and shadow of Christ. When, when Abraham and Sarah physically cannot have a child anymore, and yet somehow a spiritual seed ends up inside Sarah to birth out Isaac, what do you think happened to Mary? Mary had not even been with a man. And God Almighty overshadows her and puts a spiritual seed in her. That is the fulfillment of the very gospel that goes back to Genesis that I'm showing you right here. And it's all part of this Ten Commandments and part of the law and it's part of the Sabbath. Are y'all getting a hold of this? It's so important to see why this is why. Now I'm going to show you how it's been fulfilled. How many wants to see this? So how many understand before I go on this, Sunday is not the Sabbath, okay? This first day of the week. That's, that's got nothing to do with the Sabbath. How many knows the biblical Sabbath is a Sabbath day? That's what the Bible says. It's not what I make up. There's no gray area. I just don't come up with this on my own. The Bible says it's a Sabbath day. Amen? So if somebody tells you you can't cut grass or, or do anything on Sunday anymore, just go cut some grass anyway. Okay? Seriously. It says it's got, it promise you. That's not what it's talking about. Now watch. Let's carry it deeper. Y'all ready to go deep into this? The Sabbath day has never been changed. It's been fulfilled. Go to Matthew 5, verses 17. Watch what he says. Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophets. I have not come to destroy, but to do what? To fulfill it. So if it's been fulfilled, it has not been changed. Sorry, Pope. Sorry, Catholic Church. No such thing as a Christian Sabbath on Sunday. That's not biblical. And then people are freaking out. Well, I've always heard that. You've always heard wrong. Just like me, I've always heard wrong. I was taught wrong. But see, I'm spiritual enough, the Holy Ghost inside me enough to say, okay, maybe I was taught wrong. Maybe I can change because what I've always heard, it's not right. That's not what, that's not what the Bible says. So who am I going to follow, the world or follow God? What does the Bible say? Does anybody get a hold of this? Let's go deeper. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2. Now watch. This is very interesting here. Now this is where it gets important. You can read the whole entire chapter later. I was going to put just a few verses here so you can get a hold of this. Colossians 2 and look at verses 14. Now here is going back to the law. This whole chapter is talking about this. You cannot add to or take away about the law. It says that, that Christ came to, to, to fulfill this. You can add to completeness. Hallelujah. 
Then he says what in verses 14? Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, trumping over them in it. Now watch what it says in verses 16. Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or in a new moon, or in a Sabbath the word date is marked, just mark that out. That's not supposed to be there. That's an added word. If you see in your Bible the word that says days, like in your, in your Bible, it's going to be italicized. I mean, it's just been added in there. Okay? So what's, what it's really saying here is this. Um, it says, let a new moon or of the Sabbath. Now you say, well, that means, Greg, if I want Sunday to be the Sabbath, it can be the Sabbath. No, it can't because that's not established by God. Here what it's talking about is, is don't let no man judge you, okay, on the Sabbath. Now, I'm just, hear me on this. The biblical Sabbath I'm talking about here is a Sabbath day. So let no man judge you on that. That's what he's trying to show you here. He nailed it to the cross. How many here believes that? That's why it's important to see he'd done this for a reason. How many here know the law is good? Amen. Do y'all believe that? Law is good. But who was the law given to? It wasn't given to you. Who, who was the law given to? The law was given to Moses in Israel for a purpose, hallelujah, to show us a mirror in front of our face. Here's what God Almighty demands from us, and yet I can't do it. God wants perfection, but I'm not perfect. God wants and God demands all this, and I can't do it. That's the point of it. You understand that, how important this is? Now, is the law bad? Not at all. The law is wonderful, it's good, it's holy. The Bible says that. But what's the point of Christ coming? If I could keep the law, then I don't need Jesus. They, not one of them could keep the law. None of them. And you can't either. But he says the old law was given to who? Israel. But here's a shocker. You've been lied to again by the Catholic Church. Who do you think the new covenant law was given to? It wasn't you. The Bible says the new law was given to Israel. I'll write a new covenant upon their hearts and in their minds in that day, he says. So who is salvation to first? Israel and to the Jewish people. And then after all that's done, he opens it up to the rest of the world and says, now you're grafted into this very thing. So is the law bad? Not at all. Can you, if you want to, keep the Sabbath day? Sure you can. Nothing wrong with it at all. Rest your animals. There's no way you can do it the way they did it. You don't have enough strength to do it. You, you can't. If you want to do it the way, the, the way they did it, they even attacked Jesus Christ on the Sabbath day because he was healing on the Sabbath day and eating showbread on the Sabbath day. Oh, my God, because that day was more important than what they meant. It's the law. I'm just trying to show you here so you can try. There's nothing wrong with it if you want to. You can set a time from Friday night to Saturday and say, okay, God, here's what I'm going to do to honor you. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. You can do that. Okay? Because he said, don't let nobody judge you on this day. But why does he say that? Because it's been fulfilled. Now, if you choose not to, guess what? That's fine too. 
But don't sit here and come to church on Sunday and say, I have a new Sabbath day. No, you don't. That's from the Pope. God did not give you another new Sabbath day from the Catholic Church. That's not biblical. Nowhere in Scripture. Y'all seen this, anybody? So what's the meaning of all this? I'm going to show it to you. Y'all ready to get more into this deeper to find out the answer? Look at Hebrews 10, verses 1. <clears throat> Again, law is good, but it's been fulfilled. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image, just like with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that's a type and shadow of Christ fulfilling the gospel. Does that make any sense? Watch. For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with the sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make uh, the comers thereunto perfect. Hebrews 10, 12, watch this. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, he sat down on the right hand of God. Poor old Jesus, man, he died on that cross, was beaten, he resurrected. I bet he was wore out. All he could do is sit down on the right hand side of the Father because he was so tired. Is that what it's talking about? No. Why do you think he sat down on the right hand side of the Father? Not because he was tired. It's because he fulfilled this. He fulfilled this. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the way God said, including the Sabbath day. As part of the Ten Commandments, it has been fulfilled. So what is the point of God sitting here in Genesis and also physically making the Jews do this? Work six days, work six days. On the seventh day, you rest because God Almighty created everything in six days and he rested on the seventh. What's the point of it? I'm going to show it to you. Y'all ready to see this? Anybody? Go to Mark 2. Watch this. It's so cool. Mark 2. Jesus Christ said it on the hand on the cross. He said, It is finished. It is finished, including the Sabbath day's rest. Now watch this. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of God is also of the Sabbath. Excuse me. The Son of Man is the Lord also of the Sabbath. So what's it showing you here? Understand this. He is fulfilling the very thing that God spoke in Genesis. It's not about you as a man, as a law, trying to work to please God the best you can. It's about something else called R-E-S-T. Rest. Here's the problem. Over the years, you have people like the Seventh-day Adventists, the Mormons, who's come out and said, we're supposed to go to church on Saturday. Show it to me in Scripture. But it's the Sabbath day. Yes, it is a biblical Sabbath day, but the Sabbath day is not about worship. But I've always heard, you've heard wrong. Again, what is the Sabbath day about? Rest. That's what it says. He made that day holy and sanctified it for rest. Rest, 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 not worship. I've never heard that. Again, this is how we've been taught. But what does the Bible say? From the very beginning, it says rest, rest, rest. That's what he said from the very beginning. God Almighty said it. Jesus Christ said it. He told his, his, uh, Moses, all of them, it's rest, 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 rest. That's what it's for. 
Y'all get a hold of this. Physical rest and spiritual rest. So if you guys want to go rest on Saturdays and kick back and do nothing and then come to church on Sundays, you can do that. Now watch. I've been asked the question, okay, Greg, then why in the world, if y'all believe that kind of stuff, why do you go to church then on Sundays and worship for I can tell you right now, we don't come on church to worship on Sundays because the Pope changed it to the Sabbath day. Because the Sabbath day is not about worship. It's about rest. Look it up for yourselves, guys. I know he sanctified it. I know he made it holy. Again, what does that mean? I think I'll show you what it means. Okay? It don't mean you've got to get together on that day, on the Sabbath day, and start worshiping God. That's not what it says. The Sabbath day is made for what? Rest, 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 rest. So physically, if you want to rest from Friday night until Saturday, rest all you want to. But come Saturday afternoon until Sunday, that's the first day of the week, that's when you're supposed to come worship. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. Acts 20, verse 7. So you say, well, I ain't never heard of this before. I'm going to show it to you. It's not a new Christian Sabbath. That's not what it's talking about at all. I don't come to church on Sunday and worship God and praise Him and teach God's Word because it's a Sabbath day. That was yesterday. Why do I do it? Look at Acts 20, verse 7. Upon the first day of the week, which is Sunday, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on tomorrow, which is Monday, and he continued his speech until midnight. 1 Corinthians 16. Look at verses 1 and 2. Now concerning the collections for the saints, this is your tithing and offering, as I have given order to the church of Galatia, even so do you upon the first day of the week, which is Sunday, let every one of you lay by him in store as God have prospered him that there may be no gatherings when I come. So what is the Sabbath day all about? It's about rest. What's the first day of the week about? Coming to worship him. Matter of fact, all of them in the, in the, inside the uh, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the New Testament all worshiped him on the first day of the week. Now, if you want to get technical about it, they worship him just about every day of the week. <laughs> okay? But I'm just trying to show you here, God's Sabbath day never changed. It has been fulfilled. Fulfilled. You say, I just don't quite understand it, Greg. Well, let's carry it deeper. Go over to Matthew 11. Here's Jesus Christ talking about this very subject. Okay? I'm going to show it has been fulfilled. This will start making more sense to you. Because when I heard this years ago, I remember a preacher preaching on this, and I thought, good, not 11. How stupid is this? he got up here preaching this subject. I'll show you right now. And he starts using it in a physical sense and miss what the whole thing says. Look what Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30 says. Come unto me, all you that labor. And the preacher got up here and said, how many work six days a week and you're tired? Okay, you might work five, six days a week and you're tired. This scripture don't mean that at all. Okay? He's not talking about how hard you work, how hard you cut your grass. It's not talking about it at all. See, this is where you miss it. You try to not cut grass on Sundays and you miss the whole meaning of the scripture. God was not tired in Genesis. So when he rested, there's a have to be another reason for it. Watch what it says here. Come unto, you, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you the fulfillment of the Sabbath day. I will give unto you rest. Come unto me. 
It's what God was saying from the very beginning. He rested on the seventh day because he fulfilled it. It's complete. I'm going to rest. He's not tired. Christ here sat here to the very law he gave Moses and nailed it to the cross. He sat and paid the price as the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. And that's what he's talking about here. Look at this. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give unto you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am uh, meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What it's talking about here, guys, is you will stop trying to labor and work for your salvation. Stop trying to labor and to work for your religion. Stop trying to labor and to work for you to please God and get to heaven. You can't do it. And you're not good enough to do it. All the rules that they're written, all the regulations you try to keep and prank so many times is not good enough. Stop, he says. Come unto me. He says, I will fulfill it for you. Does this make any sense to you? I'm trying to show you what it means. So I'm kind of trying to lay that here for us to talk about. You say, well, I don't quite still get, get, get it then, Greg. Well, then go to Hebrews chapter 3. I'm showing you the scriptures, guys. This here is going to be the most important one. It will show you so clearly this whole chapter here. This actually the whole book is about this. <laughs> but this one here will show you more. Hey, so here sits now Paul and is trying to teach the Hebrew people. And he's saying, look, national Israel, not the remnant. The remnant had their eyes opened up. God built the church upon them. National Israel, he says, your eyes are blinded. And you're trying to make it go back to the law and you can't do that. Christ fulfilled this. Look at Hebrews 4, verses 1 through 11. Watch. Let us therefore fear. Now watch. Lest a promise being left us of entering into what? His rest. That's what Christ is talking about. That's the Sabbath. Any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. How was it preached to them? That goes back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I've already showed it to you. Remember, the gospel is Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Okay? The gospel was preached to Abraham. I'm going to bless the whole world through you, he says. What we got now is the fulfillment of the gospel. Now watch. But the word priest did not profit them now watch not being mixed with faith in them that heard it now watch for we which believed do enter into his rest how many here is a believer you've been born again then you've entered into his Sabbath day rest that's the whole point of it that's what it's talking about you can't labor and do anything to make it right. Again, will it benefit you? Will it benefit your animals? Yes, naturally, yes. If you work seven days a week, you're going to die. At least one day a week, you've got to rest. Your animals have got to rest. Even gardens, who plants gardens, you've got to rest soil. I mean, he understands all that. That's just common sense. We should know that. But in context, it's talking about spiritually. Will it, will it benefit you to rest one day a week? Yes. But I got news for you. If you have to work on Sunday, it's okay. You're not going to go to hell. Sunday's not the Sabbath day. Sunday's the first day of the week. So you can go worship on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday. You should worship five or six, seven days a week because you're no longer laboring trying to please God. 
laboring, trying to make it right with God. It's been made right through Jesus Christ. Look at this. For we which have believed do enter into his rest. And he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall not enter into my rest, although the works were finished from, um, from the uh, foundations of the world. That goes back to Genesis. Okay? Now what he's saying, they won't enter into my rest trying to do it their own way in the law. I gave them the law to show them that they can't do it. Does that make any sense? Look at this, verses 4. For he spake of a certain place of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all of his works. It's going back to Genesis again. I'm showing you this once, the actual complete, completeness of this. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached enter not because of unbelief. Y'all seen this, anybody? Their unbelief kept them out of it. The law can't save you. Y'all getting a hold of this. The law is perfect, it's holy, it's wonderful, but the whole point of the law was given so Christ could come here and fulfill this very thing. And the reason you see it in Genesis is it's pointing you to Jesus Christ because he is that rest. Does it make any sense? Verses 7, we're almost done. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying unto David, Today, after so long of a time, as it was said, Today, if you shall hear my voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? Right? He had to come fulfill this. Verses 9. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. Watch. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, and God did this from, from his, and God, as God did from his. So stop right there and just pause just a minute. So why are you trying to see here why God rested on the seventh day? Not because he was tired, but to show us people, human beings, stop working, trying to get to me, accept my son Jesus, and rest in him. Take my yoke upon you. Does that make any sense? How many, how many people do you know is religious? A lot. Don't do this, don't do that, dress this way, talk this way. I go to church every time the doors open up. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. garbage. You can you cannot do enough, enough to get into heaven. You ever seen folks like that? That's what this is talking about. They, they don't have rest. That's why they're always trying to work to please God. I have rest. How about you? I've got peace and joy. I rest in the fulfillment of Christ, of what he did. He finished it for me. Amen? Y'all seeing this? One, one, one more verse and we're done. Look at verses 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, um, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. So, bottom line, not my opinion, what have we learned today? <laughs> what we have learned is that Sunday is not the Sabbath day. The Sabbath biblical day is still Saturday. It has never changed. But we have seen where Christ has nailed to the cross and he has fulfilled it, the very thing that God was talking about in Genesis after he created the earth in six days and rest on the Sabbath. The meaning of that is to rest in Christ. Does that make any sense? Yes, no, maybe. So don't let anybody fool you anymore. 
Quit trying to please God. Be, 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 be free. Have peace, hallelujah, in Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Thank God I don't have to work anymore for it. Thank God I'm not sitting here trying to figure out how to get into heaven. Oh my God, how am I going to do enough? Do I pray enough? Do I read enough? Quit. I just have peace in Him. Now, if that peace is inside you and you're resting in Christ, then you want to do the will of God. You want to read more. You want to pray more. You want to seek more. If you still think Sunday is a Sabbath day, you're somehow going to come every time the doors open up, buy you a new dress and worship on a fake day called Easter, then you're going to sit here and you're going to try to keep pleasing God by your, by your own works and always running in your mind, am I good enough? Have I done enough? Have I done all these things I'm supposed to do to get to heaven? I hope my, my, my good works outweighs my bad. I've seen movies like that. Okay? That ain't going to happen. You're not going to be there. There is no good works outweighing the bad. So all this goofiness you see on TV, again, comes out of that religion of man. It's real simple. I'm only going to be there <laughs> and raptured if I accept Christ and I rest in Him. And what He shows me of my life is not what you see on TV as the good outweighs the bad. The bad has been taken care of through Jesus Christ. What's going to happen is he's going to look at me and he's going to say all the religious garbage that you've done, that you try to do on your own, is burn up the chaff. All the things you did in Christ in my rest and was obedient to what I told, told, told you to do, I will give you awards at that time. That's how you get the rewards. Not by what you do, but what you do in Christ. Because I've rested in him, I want to work back in him. Does that make any sense? Can we all stand to our feet? I hope you get something out of this because I know this has been a, been a subject for years I've had to deal with people and talk to and I've, I was confused for many years about it. And, and until I finally come to that final, final conclusion, everything we got from Good Friday to our calendars <laughs> to all these days comes out of the Catholic Church. When you start seeing all that, you start realizing how we've been doing what um, TBN did the other night, had everything about Catholic Church. Catholic Church. The whole thing was about that. That's why I called him on the phone. Because it was wrong. It was not biblical. So I'm asking you the question today. Are you born again? Have you got rest in Jesus Christ? If you're here today and you've not been born again, I can't save you. But the Word of God's been preached. The Holy Spirit is here. It's given on Pentecost. That's here. Hallelujah. If you've heard the Word of God and you feel convicted and you need is Jesus Christ, then you're welcome to come or you can pray right here where you're at. There's no magical walking down the aisle kind of thing that's going to save you. There's no uh, just repeating a prayer after me going to save you. That's, that's not biblical. It's not about that. It's about your heart. Has it really changed? Do you believe Christ really died for you the way He said He did and resurrected? He fulfilled this. He'll give you rest. When you get baptized in Him spiritually and you raise back up, you'll have that wonderful peace. Hallelujah. Now, if you need that, please come. Now, if you know for a fact you have been saved, thank God for that. Now, the next part's for you. Be obedient. If God tells you to come give a testimony, you do that. If He tells you to come pray for somebody else, you do that. If He tells you to go hug somebody, then hug them. Whatever your need is, there's nothing too big for God. Just be obedient to it. Amen? So what's your need today?
Thank you guys for coming. I hope you got something out of this. Um, if you need to send it to um, somebody else for them to listen to, we'll have it on the, on the internet here by this afternoon, I believe. Um, this will make more sense, I think, if you go back and look at, look at the last three messages. It will start making more sense to you about the fulfillment of what he actually did for us. Amen. Um, have a wonderful, blessed day with your family. And just know that God does love you. And I promise you this, you want to get closer to God, then just do it his way instead of the world's way. And you'll start seeing when you do that by obedience, the Spirit of God will open up more truth to you. Amen. Uh, give me my closing.